Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. And today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Diane Parham. She's a midlife and fasting expert and is known by her Instagram handle, at for today's aging woman she's a youtube star and you'll get to meet her right after this i'm looking at some of the books right now that i've ordered from dogtalktv.com it's a site where you can buy books about dogs and the proceeds help the local rescues especially here in central arkansas the author of many of the books and the brainchild behind the website is pat becker wallace she's a philanthropist and certified nadoy dog trainer that's the national association for dog obedience trainers she's devoted her life to helping find forever homes for the dogs but also matching the right breed with the right owner which is paramount in her dedication to animals. She's loved animals all of her life, but helping the dog rescue organizations is her life's goal now. Some of you might recognize her as the host of a national PBS series. It's called The World of Dogs Biography. She's now writing these books about dogs, partnering with authors to help educate your family, your friends, your grandchildren about the privilege of dog ownership. One of the books, in fact, on her website is written about the dogs at Heifer Ranch and benefits the ranch, which is west of Little Rock in central Arkansas. Go to dogtalktv.com. I ordered some of the books recently. I'm donating them to my granddaughter's school. I bet you have some creative ways you can help libraries as well. Go to dogtalktv.com now, order the books, and know you're helping the rescues. Big news from our friends over at Ralston Family Farms. You've heard me talk about the Ralston family. Ten generations of farmers, regenerative farmers here in Arkansas, and their brand, it's the Ralston Family Farms brand of rice. Outstanding. Whole Foods, you'll find it there. I find it at Fresh Market. You'll find it. I just ask your local grocer about it. And there's been a brand refresh. Now you're thinking, how does that affect you? Well, I'm just telling you because your eyes are going to have to look for a slightly altered packaging, but the boxes are still the same. The jasmine rice is in that lighter purple. The purple rice is in the purple box. Speaking of the purple rice, we fight over that here at the Fisher House. And just recently, I made my traditional uh, beef stack where I stack beef and then I do the rice and then I put uh, cheese and sour cream and salsa. Oh, did your mouth water? Lots of cumin and all this other stuff. Well, I didn't have the purple rice and my husband always says, well, I like that because it has, it's high in protein. Well, I actually had the golden rice cooks in 15 minutes. Ding, ding, ding also has the same amount of protein in it. So these are products that are substantial and they're delicious and you can get them online. People go right now, buy it online or ask your grocer, RalstonFamilyFarms.com. She won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. So here we are, and just, uh, Diane, when I tell them the name of your Instagram handle for today's aging woman, I think everyone should gather around the podcast device so we can hear what you have to say. And I love your message so much. Fasting is kind of the backbone of everything you do, intermittent fasting. Tell me how you got there and tell me about your journey. Okay, so I 
was tooting along in life. Everything was honky dory. I was tooting right? along too. Yes. Yes. And I went to my doctor for an annual physical, and I came out of that appointment a pre-diabetic. <gasps> wow. And I was a health and wellness coach at the time, so I knew all the things. Wow. Right? I knew how to eat clean. Yes. yes. I knew how to exercise. Yes. I was, I knew something was going on because all the tricks of the trade stopped working, you know? So you then, what you do is you exercise more, you eat less because that's the solution for everything. And it's awful. Yes. I had made up a bunch of excuses because at the time we had also just a couple of years prior to that moved from California to Texas and had come out of a bunch of stressful things in California at the time. And so I'm like, okay, it's just life, yes. right? But it was the pre-diabetic thing when I was gaining weight and all this body fat and literally would find myself like that lady with the car alarm in like the grocery store parking lot, like, where's my car? Like, I couldn't remember where I parked my car. Been there. I would have a conversations with my kids and couldn't get their name from my brain to my mouth. Wow. Like scary yeah. things, like finding my phone in the refrigerator with the video running, <laughs> like, where's my phone? You know? Yes. So it, they were like all these things, but again, like you can always find excuses for them because, or reasons for them because life's busy and I'm a busy mom of two and we just moved. And of course I'm forgetting where I'm putting my phone because I'm distracted. Well, then the pre-diabetic diagnosis came and I thought, okay, something's going on. And my doctor's like, we need to do a follow-up. We need to get to a, a, you know, a general practitioner. We need to get you on a plan. And I'm like, no, we're going to take care of this. And so that's when I started in researching intermittent fasting. So when I really started started searching researching, it was probably like 2016. And that's when intermittent fasting, although it's been around forever, was still very much in the fad stage, yeah. right? And so when I started researching, what I found were 20-year-old women in bikinis prepping for fitness competitions and they would literally starve themselves all day and then hop up on their like island in their kitchen and ram food like it was almost disgusting the way that they were modeling this right and then i would also find like young men doing the same kind of thing in like the physique world then I also found the Dr. Fung community, yeah. who I consider, you know, the godfather oh, of fasting. Sure. And I was like, they're all 70. Right. So it's either 20 or 70 year olds that can benefit from this. Like this can't be. And so that's when I started really playing around with some of the research that I was doing and experimenting on myself. Right. And I did all the things that were faddish at the time. So I was drinking Bulletproof coffee. Yeah. I'm lactose intolerant. So how do you think that went? Not well. Not well. Yeah. Right? And I was doing all the things like you can have this in your fasting window and it won't break your fast. But I wasn't still seeing the results and I was I felt like I was getting sicker and not healthier. And I so then I was just like, okay, stop all this nonsense and let's just get down and dirty with it. And so I really just made the decision that the 20-hour fast was going to be the best thing for me. Because I was going to be in a window of opportunity to benefit from fasting, and I was going to eliminate the problem. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. And the problem is- Where did you is, get to 20 yeah. hours, though? Because that's kind of ripping the Band-Aid off. Well, because I tried 16. Okay. It didn't work. Okay. 
And I tried 18 and it wasn't really like moving the needle where I thought it was yeah. going to be. And for me, it even as a health and wellness coach at the time, it was like, there's so much confusion about nutrition. Yes. What do I even yes. do? And so the 20 hour window really did allow me an opportunity to only have to focus on food for four hours. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's right? a great point. Right. And so it just made life really simple for me. And at the time, my husband was at work and my kids were at school. So I had all day where nobody was in my business. And I just got to sit in a fasted state. Um, and in that time frame, I really found that fasting was my like power state. And this is what I teach women today. I'm like, I really believe that women who find comfort in empty and a state of hungry, but also have that energy and confidence, we're unstoppable. And so I really found strength and comfort in the 20 hour fast. And I thought, okay, well, I'm, I reversed my pre-diabetic condition. I lost weight. I lost body fat. My mental clarity came back. Like all these magical things were happening for me. I'm like, why would I not, why would I do anything else? Right. Right. And so that's where, um, I then was like, I, all my girlfriends are doing the same thing. They're all suffering the same way. They're all going, what else do I have to cut out of my life food wise to get what I need? And how much more time do I have to spend at the gym? And I'm like, no, there's this thing we can do. Right. And for a lot of women, food is really the problem. We eat it. We use it for emotional reasons. We use it for boredom. We use it to check out of things we don't want to feel like all the things. And so I'm like, okay, well, if we can really find a power state in fasting and have a purpose for it, not just depriving ourselves from food, but really understanding how we can balance out our hunger hormones and reverse a lot of the things we're ailing from, and then be controlled and confident in what it is we're choosing to feast on. Why can't we just live there? Mm -hmm. And so for my community of women to the other thing that we've really realized is that our life has slowed down. Mm -hmm. We don't need as much as we used to. And that if when we're in this fasted state, we can really thrive on what we already have packaged away. I call that when we were in this fasted state, we can have our body feast on our problems. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Right. So we're internally giving our body the opportunity to eat away at all the things that we say and we're unhappy about. And then we enter into this feasting state really confident and really enjoying our food. And then the other thing that I really was able to identify with this 20-hour fast was all these food intolerances I had. Because when you fast for 20 hours and then you introduce something into your body, your body is going to immediately tell you whether that thing is working for you or not. So I was able to figure out my gluten intolerance. I was able to figure out how soy was very problematic for me. And I was able to discern between which dairy worked for me and which dairy didn't work for me. And so it really did help me in my own definition, clean up my nutrition because, you know, we have so many people saying, well, I eat clean. I don't know what the problem is, mm. but what's clean eating? Oh, that's clean eating for target. you. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely different for me because there are women who thrive on using soy in their diet it knocks me off my feet. Yeah, that, like I can't even have soy candles in my house. I, I agree. It, 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 it is, and it's pervasive soy. It's in a lot of things and anything in a package too. But I mean, I digress. Right. I, I, I'm just saying you become a detective when you are at the point where you got 
and where I got. Mine was 2017 when I flipped the switch and said, all right, I'm in. And then the longer I've gone, the more I realize most of the things sold at a grocery store are not, they're poison to, you know, and I hate making a blanket statement, but I'm going to, they're poison to a lot of people and soy is one of them. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and fasting for that period of time, I really think wakens your body up to that, to that dialogue and that communication. And, and the way I like to, I really like to teach women fasting from like the mindset approach yes. and not the meal yes. approach. Right. So it's like, so if you eat something and it makes you feel bad, you have to ask yourself why you're doing that thing on repeat. Like, why are you not listening to these signs and signals that your body is sending you? Because even if you are going to eat something that comes from a package, there now today are better options of packages. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And really figuring out, like when you read an ingredients label, the beautiful thing about ingredients labels today too, is like they have all those allergen warnings. My daughter, who's 15, has been trained. We don't put anything in the shopping cart until we it passes the allergen really? test. Really? That is good yes. to start your kids young on that. Yes. Because, you know, you and I used to look at how many calories were there. I, I couldn't tell you a caloric content of anything I've put in my mouth since 2017, because now I look to see if there's a seed oil in it. If so, because there are a few things, there's the, I think it's called like mama bees. It's these chocolate, little mm-hmm. pieces of chocolate that are made with cacao or uh, coconut oil. And I can't remember what else salt, you know, so I, I can check that and go, all right, I'm good because the product next to it, if you look, probably has sunflower oil, soybean oil. And so I just, so that's what I'm looking for now, but we were all trained mm-hmm. or raised in a society where we asked how many calories are in that? Well, that didn't help us. We're the fattest we've ever been, meaning not just the West, really the whole planet. That used to be right. more of an affluent society. No, the, the poor are fatter, the middle class are fatter, and the upper class are fatter. So something, the messaging is erroneous someplace. Were you a calorie counter before that? And, and, and did it work for you at one time? Yes. Yeah. It totally worked for me at one time. I was like the 1200 calories a day girl. And when you put your feet on the ground, the first thing you need to do is have breakfast. Like that was, that's what (laughs) the way I used to coach. Right. I love it. And, and, and you, you pack your bag to go with your little 200 calorie snacks and your insulated lunch. So that you're eating, so that you're eating all day. You're eating because if you go more than two hours without eating, you're going to, body's going to store fats, Uh right? Like, yes, that was me. I was, that girl, um, always in a calorie deficit. Like if I didn't exercise and burn off X amount of calories, like did I even exercise like all the things and it did work, but I, I believe it worked just because we had age on our side. Absolutely. And then our hormones shift. And now we know that weight gain and weight loss is hormones. It has nothing to do with calories. That's one of my favorite things that Dr. Funk's, I have so many Dr. Fungisms. One of them is we're hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. So when you asked earlier, you have to ask the woman, what, what is spawning your desire? It's her hormones. And if your leptin and ghrelin are messed up and as women hit 40, you know, Diane, there's something called cortisol that comes in and it makes us insulin resistant immediately. So though, and Dr. Ben Bickman said this recently, he said, 
uh, Dr. Bigman said it. I think Asprey said it. Like I've just heard it recently several times. Your metabolism does not change as you age. Your hormones do. So you can't say, well, I'm 50. My metabolism's changed. No, you're making more cortisol. So what can we do to help our little soldiers? Because Megan Ramos talks about the little uh, soldiers there that are part of our metabolism and burn fat and all that. Um, what can we do to wake them up so that they're protecting us from the bad, but guiding us into the good? And so we can get to homeostasis. It just, I think this is it, Diane. You have to be a student of yourself. And you took the time and energy to be a student of yourself. Would you agree with that? 100%. You have to because our bodies are constantly communicating with us. And I think as a society, especially for women, we're not trained to listen and trust no. our own body. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. So we shut that communication off and we listen to everybody right. else give us advice and we don't ever question that. Hence, I drank bulletproof coffee. Right. right? And so, um, and that is the other thing that I think is so powerful for so many women with this 20 hour fast. If you're really committed to it and you go all in, the mental and emotional healing that goes on when you have to sit with yourself and can't use food to solve problems yeah. or to cover up how you're feeling. It's a very spiritual kind of experience. And then the feasting part becomes easy because you don't, you really don't want to mess up that feeling you have. Um, so we have a, a saying in our mantra, we go by mantras in our community. One is hungry is where the magic happens. <gasps> That's good. Yeah, it is. Right? And it is. That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about yeah. that. That's what deep autophagy does to us. Let, tell tell my audience, and I hope they've heard it if they because I've listened to my podcast. But if this is their first time, welcome. Uh, tell my <laughs> audience what happens during because we know we reach autophagy, which is that cellular uh, cleaning that you know we use the Pac Man um, visual for those of us who are a hundred years old. You know, the young folk don't, <laughs> don't know who Pac Man is or what Pac Man was, and the way it eliminates we need to have a mario brothers analogy yes right 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 right, right. they know <laughs> yeah. that but it it, it takes yeah. and it eats the six cells it upcycles recycles eliminates because we all have six cells i think everyone can understand that but talk about what the brain's doing in in ketosis and where we're firing ketones and that's what happens in about hour 18 19 20 of the fast well, actually, they, I think they what they say, they say, because there's no real way right. to tell if you're in autophagy, right? So I always say, if you're healing, then autophagy has taken place because autophagy is a state of healing. Right. Okay. Right. But how do you, okay. how do you know if you're healing? Well, I was pre-diabetic and I'm not. Okay, great. You flipped right? the switch. Got it. So, right, right. Or you, you were stuck and you couldn't lose weight and now you're losing weight because okay. we know you have to be in some state of hormone balance. So if things are going in the right direction, Good. then you can trust that healing is taking yeah. place. And that's really all we have to go on because there's no test for autophagy. No, right. 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 So we have to just trust that if good is happening, autophagy yeah. is taking place. And so I think most experts are saying around 17 hours is when you start autophagy. And this is again, where I really do justify this 20 hour fast. So if you start autophagy at 17 and you break your fast at 18, you only allowed one hour of healing in that deep cellular state. Well, what if you could go to 20 and now you just gave three hours and then you consistently mm -hmm. live this lifestyle over time. Mm -hmm. Can you reverse a lot of things that are ailing you? We have seven years of proof that it happens with everyday women every mm -hmm. single day. Mystery rashes go oh, away. Yeah. Diab or uh, The one that always just 
totally lights my fire is the woman who comes to me and says, I was told by my doctor I was going to be on thyroid medication for the rest of my life and I'm no longer taking thyroid medication. Okay, is that proof autophagy is taking place? I think we can put some money on that, right? And so, and we also know that the brain needs ketones for healing as well, because there's just so much plaque buildup in our brain, which is why we end up standing in the parking lot at, I think it was 47 (laughs) with our car alarms going. And I would like break out in a cold sweat. Like, did I, did I come in and park? Was I going this way? Like, and it's terrifying. I can't even imagine, you know? And, and so that, those were the things that really were like, I got to make some changes. And so um, we know our brain really does need ketones as well. So if you're constantly in this glucose producing mm-hmm. state, right, and you always have glu- glucose present and you can't get to the point where you can produce ketones and you don't ever get to reap those benefits. And so um, I, think, I think just trusting that if you're seeing things going in good in the right direction, then you just have to know that autophagy is taking place because you can only heal when you do get that cellular turnover. One of my clients who's lost a hundred pounds, he's a famed chef in Arkansas, chef of the year this last year. Uh, and he still has a little bit more to lose, but he said he could tell when he gets, and he does three day fasts in the kitchen of, uh, you know, a, a country club where they're making breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He doesn't eat for the 72 hours. He says he feels like he did in high school. He said, I truly can tell you when I reach autophagy, because he said, I almost feel it taking the fat and eating it off my waist. Like, and I don't know if that's just a visual thing or a psychological thing, but he said, I feel like I know when I'm in that deep repair mode, which we know what autophagy is. And there's also the fat burning that comes along with that. Now, I don't know if it's simultaneous. I don't really know the science behind it, but I know we, we can't burn fat until our insulin's low, right? And so our, when our insulin's low, that means we're insulin sensitive. And that's when we reach fat burning, like you and I do probably every day. I probably get into the, I I get into fat burning probably every day with my a window of eating. So um, Dr. Bert Herring wrote the five hour diet and he's kind of an early adopter. So Jason Fung started writing books. I think that was 16 that he may have written the obesity code and I may be off a mm-hmm. year. Then autophagy was um, awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for medicine by the Japanese researcher. That was uh, maybe 16 or 17 around those years. But like in 2006 or seven, Bert Herring started writing these books. He wrote Appetite Correction and the, I think it's called the Five Hour Diet. Like mm-hmm. people, I'm and he's an MD. I've I've tried to reach out to him, but I I, I really you know he's not on social media, but he's kind of like an early name in this. Well, they thought he was nuts, cuckoo, uh-huh. cuckoo. Um, and then Michael Mosley for the BBC did like the Five Two Diet. But again, we were thinking, mm-hmm. well, that's across the pond. That's not here. That I mean, they're nuts. Early, you know, Europeans, what are they thinking? Or British, what are they thinking? Mm-hmm. And then I think in the U.S. we started hearing this. But Dr. Bert Herring started saying, he started looking at his patients, because he's a medical doctor, who were fasting 16 and 8. Because people come to me all the time. Lisa, I, I fast 16 hours a day. I'm not losing anything. Well, because you're not doing anything. I mean, then it, it turns into calorie restriction is what kind of how Dr. Fung says it. You know, you have to get to the mm-hmm, point where mm-hmm. your, your body's healing. And then at 18 hours sometimes, but 
um, Herring said, it's not really till at least 19 hours of the fast and you're, you're fasting for 19 hours and you're feasting or eating within a five hour window. He said that you really start to see something magical called appetite correction. Do you, do you remember the first time you were eating Diane and you were used to having, let's say, turkey and dressing and green beans and a roll and a glass of milk and about halfway through you put your fork down and said, I, I truly can't eat another bite. Dr. Herring said that is when the apostat gets involved and it's all of a sudden like the microwave goes ding, you can't eat another bite. Do you remember that switch that happened to you? Yeah, I, I call it the energized sense of calm. Also, like within your fasted state, I think that's what he was talking about when he feels like the calories being yes. burned off his body or whatever. Yes. So I call that the energized sense of calm. And it's like this internal almost furnace gets ignited and you have so much energy and so much mental clarity. Yes. Yet you're so even killed. And yes. so from someone who was hypoglycemic my entire life, like I have stories of coming home from elementary school in tears. I was so hungry, right? Shaky. And I was probably two hours since lunch. Right. <laughs> but so I I would eat for this. I would dip and eat and be on a high and then I would dip and eat and I would be on a high. And this is where the my family would like drive into a convenience store and like, I'm going to get you a protein yes. bar because we can't handle this hangriness right. in the car kind of thing. And so- when you start thinking about going 20 hours without food and you're hypoglycemic, you're like, I'm never going to survive. I'm going to die. Right. Because when I hit that low, it's serious. Like I'm out for the count. But when you train your hunger hormones and we also have what's called an appetite expectancy hormone, right. That signals us when we're used to eating oh, and those all get balanced out. Yeah. Then what happens is that energized sense of calm kicks in your, your body turns inward. This is why you also don't have to count calories anymore because your body's going to regulate, right? And so it's going to go in your fasted state. Hey, Diane, it's cool. I just found about a thousand calories from storage <laughs> yes. and some dead and damaged cells. Yes. I consume that very well. Now, when you eat, I'm going to let you eat, but I'm going to signal you when we've had enough. Yes. And if you clue into that, and you, you listen to those signals and you trust them and you trust your body, then you're going to look at food and go, not interested. Or even types of food you won't be interested in anymore because, again, your tastes change. And your body's going to want nutrients and not just calories. And there's a big difference, right? So I always say we want to feast on nutrient-dense foods. And when you feast on nutrient-dense food and your body's already being satisfied in its fasted state, it doesn't take a whole lot because your body just wants nutrients to keep you alive and healthy. That chef is the same person. I've shared this before, but I think it's funny. Um, he's been cooking since he was probably 15 because his father was a chef and he's 63 now, right? And mm -hmm. he called me after he'd lost probably a man that size that switches over and starts fasting has pretty impressive results. He's not a postmenopausal woman, so there is a difference. Yes. Um, but I, I'm saying in about three months or so, he lost like 70 pounds, right? And then he lost the other 30 and he has a little bit more to go. Um, but he called me during that and said, damn you, Lisa Fisher. And I went, what? Why am I in trouble? He said, I've been a chef since I was 15. I've always hated him. I'm craving Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. And th that was it. His body had switched from the chicken fried steak and the mashed potatoes and the gravy 
and to something that had more nutrient density that you never think would happen. Like people will say, I, cause he said, I didn't like the bitter profile. A lot of people say that about the bitter profile. Brussels mm-hmm. sprouts is in there. Um, but all of a sudden they're like, that kind of sounds good. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any foods for you in particular that you thought I'm kind of craving blank when you never thought you would eat it? Well, I've always been more on the healthier yeah. side of choosing food anyway. So it's probably more like the disconnect I had from foods that weren't serving me than it was the connection to foods that did serve me. Because ever since I was in high school, I've always been very conscious about my health and wellness and physique, you know, and I was a group fitness instructor and all the things. So I was, you know, I was, I was always, you know, probably had a little bit of body dysmorphia and all that growing up as well. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, I don't know if it served me in a negative way or a positive way. I didn't, I never had to really manage my weight ever. And I was never sick until I hit perimenopause. And then it was just because of hormones. That was it. I wasn't really sick. It was just my hormones shifted and because I didn't shift with them, my body accommodated it. And so when our estrogen starts to drop, you mentioned cortisol, but when our estrogen starts to drop, our insulin tries to balance it out. And so my hypoglycemic state turned into an insulin resistant state. And then that turned into prediabetes and thank goodness I caught it because I would have become a diabetic. Right. And so that's where I think a lot of times it gets so out of hand for women is they're not catching it. Yeah. And then realizing they have the power to change it. It's a great day when I get to talk about what they do at David's Burgers. You're thinking, what do you mean what they do? They serve burgers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they serve burgers that uh, this grade A chuck beef that's fresh, never frozen. They have the highest quality of potatoes that they hand slice every day and they serve it to you. That's all they do, guys. It really is. Now they have a, you know, a chicken sandwich or grilled cheese, but you're going for the burger. Let me tell you, I, I'm a connoisseur of burgers. It's uh, part of the diet I have. I talk about my meat-based diet that's beef, bacon, butter, and eggs, rice, and local fruits in season, some dairy. My family and I can go to David's Burgers and everybody's happy because we know that you get the endless fries to the table. Oh, my granddaughters love it. We know you get ice cream at the end. And you can have the sweet tea, the unsweet tea. And then, I mean, if that's not enough, you can buy steaks to take home. (laughs) Yeah, they have some of the steaks there that they sell. And I get the ribeye steaks there and some other things. There's a chuckeye steak that Jesse Bubbas has gotten me hooked on that is so good that you sear and cook uh, in the black skillet. And then I cooked it long one time, slow, low and slow, as they say. Y'all, it was so good. But these are just some of the things you get at David's Burgers. They are closed on Sundays. The Bubbas family has been flipping burgers a long time, 10 years with this group, uh, davidsburgers.com. Hey there, while I have your attention, I just want to go ahead and direct you to my website and my social media for other outlets with Lisa Fisher. My website is lisafishersaid.com. My Instagram is at lisafishersaid. Same thing with Twitter. That's because if someone asks you, why did you do something? You'll say, because Lisa Fisher said, because I've been doing the research. That's why I love all the things. I'm a certified health coach and I've got programs for you to help you with weight loss and help you balance your hormones. You can reach out to me. It's all there on my website or on my social media. Go there now, lisafishersaid.com. 
Well, it's not just not, yeah, it was not catching it. I don't think I ever had an elevated A1C, but nobody asked me about my fasting insulin. I bet that was Mm -hmm. as hungry as I was all the time by eating five Mm -hmm. and six times a day and still like having the apple before I went to bed because somebody told us to eat, you know, before we went to bed. I mean, and I was hungry then, but I never felt, I always went back. I always had seconds when I ate, you know, when I cooked. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, I guess my thyroid started blowing out and that was part of it, but I wish someone Cause now I know my fasting insulin is extremely low. Uh, what did, what was your thyroid doing? Cause that's what we're seeing now is they're ca- calling it thyropause. At the same time we hit perimenopause. Sometimes the thyroid starts going, Ooh, it starts going downhill. Did you notice that? I never had anything come back as something that was out of balance, but I do credit the lifestyle changes that I made for the fact that I'm 57 today and very deep into menopause. I say I'm in menopause 2.0 now. Um, <laughs> where uh, I, it's, my thyroid has never been in question. Yeah. And I just had a DEXA scan yeah. this month yeah. and I reversed my reading. So I'm reversing osteopenia. And you mm-hmm. are, are you blonde and blue eyed? Green? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are at the most risk besides Asian women, you are at the most risk for osteoporosis and you reverse that. And then tell my listeners, how, what do you think did it step-by-step? Well, I knew I was at risk because one, you know, with blonde hair, blue eyes, all that. My family had history of osteoporosis. I also had a daughter at 40 and was on blood thinners. And um, um, that's also one of the Mm -hmm. future side effects Mm -hmm. is, you know, increased risk of osteopenia. So I knew it was coming. I wasn't expecting it to come as soon as it did because I do all the things. Mm -hmm. I run, Mm -hmm. I strength train, I eat well, Mm -hmm. I don't smoke, like all Mm -hmm. that. So when I first, I got my first reading in 2021, my, my hip reading was a negative 1.6 and I just went back and it was a negative 1.0 and I'm like 0.1 away from no osteoporosis in my hip or osteopenia in my hip at all. Every reading went in the reverse order, like to the better. Wow. I... I am a firm believer in consistency over time. And I believe that the consistent changes that I made over time have really contributed to all the health benefits and reversal of things that I should be experiencing as an aging woman, but I'm proving you don't have to. Um, I am very diligent about nutrient dense foods. I, I work out, um, strength training, running, weight-bearing exercises. I'm very diligent about my electrolytes. I make sure I supplement with magnesium. I do collagen. I do um, um, D3K2. And I also started taking a bone supplement, which just basically has all those things in it too. So I'm not afraid of supplementing in those areas. And I take those things now. When I started fasting, I fasting with the mindset of my life depends on this. Good. It did. Because I didn't want to get sicker, yeah. right? And so now I'm kind of making these decisions about supplementing and foods that I choose and, and the consistency of which I'm taking care of myself as if my life depends on it. I don't want to be that frail old woman who breaks a hip and then dies, right? Um, and so I, that's how I live my my mindset. So I'm very consistent about my supplementation. But I take what everybody could Google to take. I just do it as if my life depends on it. I don't skip it. I don't. I don't you know, take a chance with it. Well, I think another thing probably you've incorporated, you didn't mention because it's what all, all of us in the health and wellness space preach. And it's 
that fireball in the sky, sunlight, it really helps mm-hmm. us build bones. Besides mm-hmm. setting our circadian rhythm, which is sleep is the most, now I feel like the most important thing in my life. I don't do anything. I've given up alcohol. Why? It messes with my sleep. That's yep. that's how important my sleep is. I don't stay up past 10. I wake up on my own at 530. You know, that's where our body should be. But if I even have that much of, of red wine, then I'm waking up in the middle of the night. The heart, the heart, healthy wine. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Right. Right. Yeah. Those and yeah. and that's probably yeah. why I did it in the beginning. I will say that I had some serious palpitate heart palpitations during menopause. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I thought the wine was calming it down. It didn't. It probably exacerbated it. But well, that's because we're that's what we're marketed. Yeah, that's right. To as yeah. right, relax at the end of the yes. day. Have a glass of wine. You didn't kill anybody today. Have a glass of wine. Right. You know, we're marketed as women from that emotional standpoint of why should we should reward ourselves with wine. But a cup of chamomile too could probably do the same thing, right? I mean, girl, I'm or doing just well, having a bottle of water. Yeah, I'm doing this is sparkling coconut water because I've opened my eating window. Um, yeah. My new thing are the adaptogens in the drinks that you can get. I can't remember the brands, but it's got ashwagandha, L theanine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I dope up on the bioptimizers, magnesium. I mean, I possibly couldn't have any more. So I'm, I'm pro magnesium around here. Um, but I, and now there's fake alcohol pentire. Someone sent me some mm-hmm. pentire with tonic water and a lime. <laughs> my husband asked the other day, he saw me drinking it. I have it like in my highball glass with the lime. I mean, it looks like hooch, right? And I was drinking it and he goes, what are you doing? I said, it's my fake, fake alcohol. He goes, are you going to start smoking fake cigarettes now? And I go, no, I'm not taking it that far. I've never been a smoker, but that's what I look like. I'm just sitting there drinking, but it, it, they're delicious. So I want people to know listening. I may, may need to put that in show notes, what I've used because you don't have to drink when everyone else does. You, I go to restaurants now, get a mocktail. They think I have an AA meeting coming up, which is great. I don't care what anybody thinks, but People are so, you know, when they come then and they know you're, you want a mocktail, they're like, okay, now that this is, we call it a spritzer, but it's not really a spritzer. I'm like, you're fine. I'm just doing it so I can sleep tonight. I'm not, yeah, but I respect where anybody is in their journey. Yes, 100%. Um, and we, we, you know, we're, I'm very mantra based because I really do think words matter yeah. and they really do yes. affect how we show up. And so we have an essay in our community too, and it's, I don't care. Like, I don't care what you think about what I'm doing for me. You do you. You don't need to tell me. Like, uh-uh. I just don't care. I'm going to show up for me. And so I really don't have any explanations yeah. or apologies anymore about anything. It's like, if I'm going to go out and I want to buy, order a Topo Chico with a lime and ask them to put it in a wine glass, that's my business. With salt around the rim. Tell them to do salt right, around exactly. the rim. It is so good. Well, yeah. plus the other thing, I love mantras too, because mindset is everything with the success of fasting. Yes. My clients remind me of that too. Uh, but that is menopause got me to the point, Diane, where I think, I don't care. I I truly, I, I don't care what you think or anybody else does. And uh, that's why uh, as a podcaster, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just get negative comments old Lisa, who, you know, has been in front of a microphone or TV camera since the eighties, I say since shoulder pads or something that young Lisa cared, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. care. Old lady Lisa doesn't mm-hmm. care because I'm comfortable in my own skin. Well, all you have to do is be very attuned and a good listener when you're out socially with people 
And that'll be confirmation of why you do you and not them. Because they're complaining about how much weight they have to lose and how bad their knees hurt and what their doctor's telling them they need to do. And, oh, my gosh, I wish I could just get off these 16 prescriptions that I'm on and I can't sleep at night and I've never weighed so much and yada, 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 yada. And I'm like, I'll have another tip with you go. <laughs> right. Right. Thank you. I have no complaints. You have no complaints? I have None. no complaints. Even even when you go to the doctor, right? It's like when they're checking you in and it's like, so are you on blood pressure medication? No. no. You're not? Are you on anything? I just took your blood yep. pressure. Nothing's controlling that? No, that's no. that's all natural. You're not on cholesterol medication? No. Nope. You're not on diabetic medication? No, right. No. I, I really? had to have an up. Like, sorry to disappoint right. you. I had an upper GI colonoscopy because, you know, I'm 100 yeah. uh, last summer. And so they have to call for intake and get all your information because it's a medical procedure. You know, you're in yes, like an you're OR. going under. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. same thing. They're like, it's going to take a few minutes. We need to know all the medications you're on. I said, well, thyroid hormone replacement. And they said, well, what else? Do you have sleep apnea? No. Um, they didn't ask BMI, but it was something... And I said, no, I, I'm, this was a year ago. I was 59. I said, I'm 59 and I'm slim. They go, oh, like, put that in her chart. Uh, Ozempic? Yeah, right. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, nope. No. Yeah. No. What? No. Nope. What do you do? Oh, I just don't eat all day. What? Are you crazy? That's the other thing. Have you had an upper <laughs> GI or colonoscopy where you were NPO after midnight? And then they'll say, when was the last time you ate? So when I did it for that same procedure, it was a Monday, the procedure. And I hadn't eaten since Saturday night because then I embarked on a five, my first five-day water fast. Wasn't fun, but I did it for deep autophagy. But, you know, a different, a nurse does intake and she goes, now, have you eaten since midnight? I went, no, I haven't eaten since Saturday at seven. She goes, now, are you saying that correctly? I went, yes, I, I know what I'm saying. I was almost at 48. That's probably about 42 hours at that point. Yeah. So I love to see their face. They're going. Yeah. So I, I've done some YouTube videos about how much I love getting a colon. I've had two colonoscopies. Um, oh, and then, yeah, um, you know. yeah. And they're like, you like a colonoscopy? I'm like, no, I like the cleanse. Like, I love the I detox stuff. And that's the thing people are most afraid of. Right. And I'm like, it resets your gut biome. Totally. Like, what? like, you know how much money you pay for those kind of kits? Like you're getting it for free. Yes. Your insurance is covering it. Yes. And it's the only time I've ever done multiple day water yeah. fast because it's the only time in my life it's made sense. I've got a family. I've got kids. Yes. Like being without food for days doesn't make sense for yeah. me. So I'm like, I take advantage of that and do a deep yes. water cleansing fast. Because if you look at the foods that you're allowed to eat, they're for the, they're for the diabetics. Like I don't eat pudding. I don't Jello. eat popsicles. Like, like I'm eating these things because they're telling me to eat them. I wouldn't eat them any other time. I'd rather just do a water fat. Yeah, that That's was, fine. I think the first time I'd done one, maybe 10 years ago. So maybe I did one at 49 and then 59. 49, I wasn't fasting. So I was white knuckling it. I sipped on the apple juice all day and the diet drink because I thought that was righteous, right? I mean, just, yeah. oh my gosh, what, oh, I just, I hate that I was talked into all that. And so this last time was a time where I, I thought, well, I might as well while I'm up. You know, it's the same thing. And it, right. again, we're empty nesters. So I do have the flexibility not to have food because my husband thinks the way he he'll do a longer fast right. with me. It is harder if you have to feed humans food during all that. Yes. But it was the yeah. same thing. This was the first time I came home with the colonoscopy sheet that said, oh, they sent me home with Gatorade. I still have it in my pantry because that stuff is crap, y'all. I mean, it is mm -hmm. sugar mm -hmm. crap. If you want electrolytes, get the element 
or Redmond Relight. I mean, it's a lot cheaper if you want electrolytes, but I still have it in my pantry along with, I think I had Miralax in there, but if you're fasting properly, this is one thing I learned because I did a three-day fast. Now I'm going to every year do probably two, twice yearly three-day fast because I can't mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. seasonal mm-hmm. life. Um, but I was reading that when you get into a deeper fast and the more, and I'm pretty insulin resistant, I mean, insulin sensitive, not insulin resistant, I'm insulin sensitive, mm-hmm. but the more insulin sensitive you get, the more your bowels release all fluids because even in my three-day fast, I mean, now that we're all friends, we can talk about our poop. I was on the third day still having loose stools. And it said in a scientific journal, that's very common because that's why people who are diabetic hold on to fluids. They're puffy. They're constipated. That's why people who are insulin sensitive are, we should be moving our bowels properly every day. And I did not do the high dose magnesium during that time because mm-hmm. of this effect that happens. Right. The longer you are in a fast, even though you've had no solid food, you still have solid waste that's leaving your body, which I think is fascinating. Yes. Yes. And the the thing about the colonoscopy prep, I didn't, didn't make sense for me. I'm like a logic person yeah. is like, I'm trying to get everything out. Why am I going to put stuff in? You're exactly. Why wouldn't I just you're, not do anything? You're exactly <laughs> right? right. I yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I mean, sometimes I just shake my head. Now let's talk about. Well, it's the same thing. Let me let me share with you this too, because your listeners might find this fascinating. I do the same thing when I schedule my annual physical. They're like, uh, "How's eight o'clock in the morning?" No, I'm busy. I'll do it at three o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, oh, "You do know you have to come in fasted, <laughs> right?" I'm like, "Like." Yes, I do. And there's not as many people in your office. The lab is totally open because all the people who can't go more than 12 hours without food are scheduling their appointments at eight. So now I schedule them in the afternoon. I go in fasted. The office is empty. The lab is open. Everything's chill. That was brilliant. In fact, when I had that colonoscopy, because I I have this rare swallowing disorder and I have to see an advanced clinician, GI doc, that I reversed, by the way, it's gone. Uh, But he's in Joplin, Missouri, and it's five hours away. And the earliest I could get was one o'clock in the afternoon. And I remember they were kind of apologetic saying, well, on Mondays, he comes in at one and does his uh, colonoscopy and upper GI, you know, like... I'm like, I'm good. And that's when she said, what was the last time you ate? Saturday at six or seven. Mm-hmm. And here it was Monday at one. No, it was two. It was two o'clock because you check in an hour early and then the procedure was at two. So I left there almost at 48 hours. Y'all, if you can do 48 hours, you can do five days. Word. I, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. The hardest, and the I hardest do, part's the first 24 hours. Right. And I, I do like, like to coach women too on the fact that, you know, because we do fall into this thing of if everybody else is doing it, I should be doing it yeah. too. And I used to have this group of women when I first started and fasting was still a fad um, where they'd be like, well, I fasted for 47 hours and 15 minutes. Well, I fasted for 48 hours and 24 minutes. And I'm like, nobody cares. Yeah, right. So we were trying to get these like trophies for it. And so what I really have found is there are women who thrive in long water fast like they're living their best life. I'm not that woman. Yeah. Like it has to make sense for my brain. Yeah, me too. And a colonoscopy is that yeah. experience that it does, or if you're trying to achieve deep states of autophagy for certain reasons. Yeah. But for me, 20 hours of fasting and four hours of feasting and being very consistent and honest with myself, I've reaped all the benefits that I'm hoping to reap. And that's really the message that I like to get out to people too, is find your personality. 
what works for you. And the more consistent you are living your most authentic life, the better it's going to work out for you. And I would say too, Diane, there is a difference in gender at that point. Uh, postmenopausal women do have a few more hurdles to jump than these men. They're andropause. I mean, they're still in their 50s, but they it's just there are differences in our biology and, and the way we're wired. So women sometimes... And those sons of a guns always lose weight faster than it's we insane. do. So, you know. I mean, <laughs> yes. I, I hate that. I, I mean, I love it, but I do group fasts, uh, fasting groups and we meet... Um, you know, in a Zoom call, and there might be 20 of us. And there's like usually like not as many men. A lot of times men only do it because their wives told them about it, but they don't want to have, right. you know, their little icon there and their, their yeah. avatar while it's a man. But every time when we do a follow up and say, okay, how did everyone do this month? Because we're just doing it for data, you know, from day one to day 28. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I say, don't think about weight loss. We're doing it for healing. But every time it's the man who says, well, I did it for a month. How much did you lose? 14 pounds <laughs> going. Yeah. How's that possible? So how, how much weight did you in your mind have to lose and how long did it take you? I initially was just concerned about not being a diabetic. Okay. Like that was my Good. whole driving thing. Um, and it took me about a year of yeah. trying to fit into the fads and realizing they weren't working for me. So I was I was that cumbersome faster for a year until I was like, nope, 20 hours is what I'm going to do. And when I figured that that was where I found my stride, I committed to that for a full year, squeaky clean fasting water and black yeah. coffee only, really conscious about my feasting window. At about the, toward the end of the year is when I lost weight because I did have a lot of internal healing that had to take place. Um, and I just didn't even focus on the weight. I just kept, I, all I did was get this fasting part down, figure out why some mornings you're waking up bloated, figure out why some mornings your face is poofy, figure out why some mornings you're cranky, like, like literally. And, and this is, you know, the thing I drive women to too, is like every morning you should wake up and be able to plant your two feet on the ground and look and feel your best, like in the morning. And if you're not feeling that in the morning, it's something that you did the day before that's causing that to happen. And how much money are we spending on under eye cream? When for me, it was corn fillers that were doing yeah, that to me, like right. anything with corn yes, in it, right? Sure, so you corn. go to, this is why, and this is why like reading ingredients is so important, right? You go to buy the sweet potato crackers at Costco and the first ingredient is cornmeal. And I'm like, how many times am I going to get duped on this, right? And so when I cut corn out, I'm like, the bags under my eyes went away. When I cut soy out so that when I was soy free, I was exposed to soy 15 times in one day, consciously avoiding soy. Wow. And I was waking up with this, it looked like I was, I had a stroke on the side of my face. Like my, it was just sagging. I had a pain that started here and shot up to my brain. I thought I had thyroid cancer. I don't know how many scans I had done. They're like, we can't find anything. I'm like, but the pain is there. I feel it. I wake up, I have this face. That was what soy was doing oh. to me. As soon as I cut out soy, all this went away. There was no doctor in the world that believes that that is true. Oh, I totally believe but, it. And the soy has wheat in it usually, or soy sauce has wheat in it. If you've been, oh, yeah. been someplace, because I just traveled and I typically bring my coconut aminos with me. I'm one of those people. Yes. Um, and our friends um, met us in Tennessee. We're in Arkansas or actually went over to Alabama, had dinner, and she said, can we eat Thai food? And I went, 
oh, I didn't know if this uh, little town had a Whole Foods. All I needed was coconut aminos. So I thought, you know what? I'll find something else. And I just mentioned to the lady, because if you tell the server you have an mm-hmm. allergy, then they think you're going to sue them. So right. tell them you have an allergy. Because you do. If you have a sensitivity, it, who cares if it comes up in a scratch on the back test? It's an allergy. And she brought out a different menu and even brought a wheat-free, soy-free type sauce to put on it. And you know what? I woke up the mm-hmm. next day and I wasn't puffy. I wasn't congested. I didn't snore. We have to go back to being consumers, right? And I do the same thing. We would, we would have fun on a night out because I bring my own tortilla chips to restaurants. I bring the siete. Uh, we do it all the time. My daughter and I flour. do it all the time. Yeah. I'm like, here's my bag. Can I get a chip bowl for the table, please? And I dump my chips in it. Right. Because I'm paying for the service. So I should, if I lose a day of my life, you might as well call it an allergy. So if I eat the food that you've put on your menu without consideration of me and the lifestyle I want to live. And the next day I wake up and I lose a day, it's an allergy to me. So I always preface it too. The other thing to ask is oil, right? Like what oil do you use in the kitchen? And if the server comes back and says vegetable oil, fantastic. What kind of vegetable oil is that? And most likely it's a soybean oil mix, right? And that's enough to get you duped in a restaurant too. Well, and then what happens is we don't, we don't make that connection. And for a lot of new fasters, right? They'll go, it's fasting because that's the only thing they've changed, right? It's got to be fasting. Fasting's why I'm feeling X, Y, Z. Nope. If you're not doing anything, nothing bad can happen. And if you're doing it from the right mindset, right? So you're not doing it from desperation or quick fix or any of those kind of things, then it's always the decision-making process that's causing the reaction to something. So when you're in your feasting window. So I like to teach too, that we feast to fast. We don't fast so that we can eat. Okay. Say that again. We feast to fast. Feast to fast. Yeah. So everything you do in your feasting window is going to determine how yeah. you wake up in the yeah. morning, how you're going to feel, how you're going to think. And then what that fast is going to feel like. So if you have a late night, you have some wine, you have some not so great food, that fast the next day is going to feel miserable because of the glucose that you've got to get through. You're going to be running off those sugar highs and lows to get to the place where you can enjoy your fast. So let's start at the feast so we can have the best fast possible. And what I saw when I was researching was those girls sitting on the island fasting and going, I just went 16 hours without eating anything. And then they would just eat whatever. And it was nauseating. Yes. Cause their hormones weren't right for them to reach for that. You and I don't reach for the crap anymore. Plus I know how bad it would make me feel. Yesterday I made an error. I um, had taken my granddaughter to the mall because I'm a good grandmother. And um, I'd already opened my feasting window with eggs and um, avocado and like gluten-free toast, right? Because I'm also wheat-free. Mm-hmm. And that was, let's say at, n- at noon. And then we were at the mall probably three hours later <clears throat> and it's 140 in Arkansas right now. It's like really, really hot. I know Texas too. So she said she wanted something to drink and I did too. So my, by then, now I know the math, my glucose had stayed, had come back down. My insulin had come back down And I foolishly, so I was three hours from eating. So I was, everything had come back down because I'm insulin sensitive. She wanted a blue something lemonade. And I said, of course, you know, because I'm a grandmother. And I ordered a lemonade, which is way too much sugar on an empty stomach. I, but I was so thirsty and 
I got in the car. I didn't know if I was going to vomit yesterday. I was shaking. It was just too mm-hmm. much. And I, and I told her, she said, Gabby, that's what she calls me, Gabby. Cause I talk a lot. Gabby, are you okay? I said, this is what happens when you make bad choices with what you're eating. I said, I don't feel great right now. And I had to go and get some protein or fat. I needed a piece of raw yes. cheese or nuts or something to try to, because mm-hmm. what happens is the insulin comes in, it pushes the glucose down too much. And then you really have your dip and then it, doing, it comes back up. It's just, it was awful. So, you know, and I've been doing this seven years. I know better but I was so thirsty and I, I didn't get the iced tea because I didn't want any more caffeine after about two o'clock. So I should have in the mall. I'm sure there's a bottle of water. Lesson learned next time I'll get the bottle of water. Have you made errors right. like that where you're thinking, why did I make a hundred percent? Yeah. hundred percent. So for me, fruit was a really big yes. problem in the beginning. Yes. I'm a California girl. Yes. I grew up in California. We lived on fruit. Yeah. Fruit was my jam. Yep. And so I had to really create some boundaries on fruit because, you know, like, you know, talk about social media, but it's God's gift to us fruit, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, well, no, I can't do it. And so I had to eliminate fruit altogether until I reset yeah. my own yeah. cravings for fruit yeah. and put some like boundaries on it. And so the, the, what I did is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have a green apple with some sunflower butter and some sunflower yeah. seeds. Yeah. And, and then when I, then it would like Tuesday and Thursday would come and I'm like, I wouldn't even think about it. I missed the apple oh. thing. Right. And so it's just breaking that okay. sugar addiction. Well, then I had a bunch of watermelon one day yeah. and thought I was going to just lose my lunch. Like how can watermelon do that to me? And it was just way too much Fruit sugar chips. at one yeah, time. Way too yes, much. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. But it is, it's breaking, it's breaking the drug addiction. It is. I think is what I, what it is. Yeah, it is. And yeah. it's really what the glucose goddess talks about too. And Dr. Fung is now mm-hmm. talking about food mm-hmm. stacking or meal stacking, however they, how you mm-hmm. introduce your foods on an empty stomach, you know, act like you have, if you've ever done a continuous glucose monitor, that is really telling data that your provider can write for you at $75 for two weeks. But I have a client right now on it and she's like, oh my gosh, like she went to the Mexican restaurant to break her win- her fast. And of course they brought out a soda, chips and salsa. Her glucose went to 210. Yep. And then I said, I tell her all the time, protein and fat, protein and fat. She goes, but I was so hungry and they brought it out. Well, that's, that's what they want to do. Cause then you want more food, the more of that crap you eat. So there's money behind most of the decisions we make. And if people would think about that. Well, not, yeah, I, I don't, and I don't really think it's that it's the decisions that we make. It's, it's the way we've been conditioned yeah. to make decisions. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then when we stop to think about it, and we, and I always say that we, the decisions we make should always be for what we want, not what we had. Right. Okay. So everything we do is how do I want to show up tomorrow? Right. Our future self. How do I want to be 10 years? What do I want to be like at 80? Not, well, I did it at 20 or at 30. I did Good. this or that's, no, that's great. No, we want to go to the future. And so that really does help us. I, I, I also always say too, you got to take a breath. You got to pause, you got to think, and you got to ask before you make any decision. Because if you do it spontaneously, we're all, oftentimes unconscious. So they didn't just bring her a soda. Right. Homegirl ordered a right, soda, right. right? She did that without thinking because that's just what habit. she does. Total habit. But if, if you would have thought, you could have said, I'll have some water yeah. with these chips and salsa, and maybe her glucose wouldn't have gone so yeah. high, you know? Isn't, isn't that so, crazy? Yeah, but it, it's, yeah. It's all learning. And, and this is why I really do teach from the mindset approach and not the meal plan approach is that 
we need to learn from these lessons and not live in punishment because of them. Like, okay, so we made a mistake. How long are you going to live in that? Or are you just going to go lesson learned? I'm not going to do that again. Right. And we live in self-sabotage and negative self-talk and no one's ever stepped away from fasting because of a great result they got from fasting. It's always because the dog threw up on the new carpet or they got in a fight with their Mm -hmm. husband or something happened at work. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's always life that pulls us away from what we know is really serving us well. And when we can really connect that behavior to what we want, then fasting is where we're going to thrive because you just sit in it and you manage your life. And pro tip, don't order lemonade. Or a sugary drink on an empty stomach. Yes, with your granddaughter. Your granddaughter can enjoy the lemonade without with you sitting there with her that, and not being sick. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes. Because I felt terrible. Yes. I don't know if you have your PhD or what your education is, but you've learned from the life of hard knocks and that you're teaching all of us. I'm sending people to your social media. That's all in the show notes because you have monthly courses that you do. Um, the, mm-hmm. and your community looks great, vibrant. You're killing it on YouTube. That's how I heard about you years ago. I think it was through fasting. One of my clients said, now, do you know Diet Ann Parham? Because we say Parham in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so- uh, It's usually Dr. Parham. I got it. I know it's a D-Y. I'm it, not a doctor. Because it does look yes. like Dr. Ann Parham. <laughs> yes. So I, yes. I don't care what you call yourself. Uh, you're smart and I like it. So thanks for being here. Great job today. Oh, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. And I love what you're doing as well. Thank you. We got to have more women in this space for sure. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.